Good morning. Welcome to episode 20 of Burn After Pitching, the pitch podcast. This is a roundtable podcast where creators, podcasters, comedians, and whoever the heck we want to bring on are challenged to pitch their ideas on a theme or property or abstract concept, and we either build them up or tear them down for fun. Your host for this episode is me, Michael Tanner, co-creator and writer of Junior Braves of the Apocalypse and the upcoming Orcs in Space. On the panel today, we have some great guests. We have returning Sandra. Sandra, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Sandra Demas. I am from the Story Geeks and I'm also a book editor. So I love kind of understanding story, what makes it work and what makes it does not work. Jeez, what makes it doesn't work? Oh, you know, I, what I'm makes off it the clock, work? I guess. <laughs> I want to go to there. Uh, and exactly. joining us for the first time on this episode, we have Robert. Robert, introduce yourself. Uh, hello, I'm Robert Kelly, the host and writer of Record All Monsters, a bi-weekly kaiju podcast. All right, and joining us again, uh, co-host Andy. Andy, tell us about you. Woohoo! Uh, I am a writer and podcaster. Uh, writer being stuff and podcaster being here. And uh, yeah, lovely to be here. So much kaiju stuff in the news. I feel we've really plugged into the Zeke guys. All right. And how is everyone else doing this fine? Oh, good. Okay. Enough yeah, of that. It's good. Let's I'm move vaccinated. On. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. I'm vaccinated. Enough chit chat. Nobody My needs mom's that. visiting. We're going on vacation. It's it's almost normal. Wow. All right. Okay, everyone, here's how the show works. We gave each of the panelists two topics ahead of time, and they were able to prepare their initial pitches. They'll present their pitch, and the rest of us can ask questions, spitball ideas, riff on them, make them better, make them worse, tear them apart. Hopefully, it's fun for everyone. So our first topic. All right, we all know why we're here. It's in the news, like Andy said. By the time this episode comes out, it will have been out for a couple weeks now. <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong, the fight of this century. We saw last century, but now we're seeing it this century. We've all been waiting for it. Kong versus Godzilla. But also, it's another entry in the long tradition of versus. We've got King Kong versus Godzilla from the 60s. We've got Freddy versus Jason. We have X versus Sever. We have Dollman versus Demonic Toys. The versus movie is a proud tradition. So our panelists have been tasked with pitching a new versus. I guess I, I said uh, when I sent everyone the pitches, it doesn't necessarily have to be a movie, just a, a versus story. So uh, how about we go, Andy why don't you uh, go first? Yeah. Also, a uh, little kaiju news that I love the surprise kaiju in Suicide Squad. Very much looking forward to that. Spoiler if you've seen the trailer. Some people might have been Can you have spoilers for trailers? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Why okay. not? Uh, yes. So in the news. And it's, it's as you mentioned, it's been done a lot. So it's kind of hard for both of them. I struggled with finding a fresh take on it, especially the verses. I was like, what would people like? What would people like? And I had to stop and say, wait a minute, Andy, listen to your heart. What do you want to see? And this is what I want to see because I love snarking on cheesy movies. And of course, there are there's one Giants in the Field, Mystery Science Theater 3000, you know, the, the titans of commenting snarky on movies. But there's also that young upstart, Deadpool, who's pretty good and actually has the additional challenge of snarkily commenting on his own movie while he's in it. So, you know, I think bonus points for that. So that's the versus I want to see. Deadpool versus Mystery Science Theater 3000. Have a special MST 3K season. You know, we've had the gauntlet. Now it's the competition. Deadpool versus the crew of the Satellite of Love snarking, of course, on all of the wonderful, incredibly cheesy superhero movies. They can do Catwoman. They can do Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. They can do Ang Lee's Hulk. They can even, oh, I know it's it's bending the rules, but they can do those wonderful 70s TV movies of Spider-Man. Either the Japan or the American, both, I don't care. The 70s Captain America. Even do that 70s Wonder Woman with Kathy Lee Crosby, 
Ricardo Monteblan, and for some reason, a heavily featured donkey. These are the things I want Deadpool and MST3K to be commenting on. Culminating, and of course, in the season finale of them riffing on Green Lantern. And we can see if Deadpool can really overcome his partiality to that handsome young so-and-so playing the lead. So what I, in my, what would bring me, what would spark joy would be a season of Mystery Science Theater 3000, Deadpool versus the Satellite of Love. That's my pitch. <laughs> On board. Now, didn't Ryan Reynolds just do uh, a live tweet of Green of his first time watching Green Lantern? It's funny. And he was like, yeah, it's not so bad. But I mean, you got to realize, like, he worked hard on it. He met his wife, whom he loves on that thing. So, I mean, I think I think Deadpool needs the comment on Green Lantern. Ryan Reynolds is too close. You know? he's, he can't he can't be objective. He's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's too deep in it. But Deadpool, especially if he's being goaded on by by the satellite of love, I think can can totally, you know, take Green Lantern to the mat. I would, would really want to see this as a Disney Plus series. Because, okay, <laughs> Disney owns everything. So it would be, I imagine they also have to have control of those. I just want to see Rift Track or MST3K on those 70s Marvel properties. Because oh. those movies are not good. Um, I remember I loving as them kid. as a kid. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, superheroes. I love it. But yes. Yeah, like I watched, I watched the 70s, both 70s Captain America TV movies starring Rob Brown, um, who is a, a guy who's not an actor, but somehow did a lot of acting work. Um, and Christopher Lee is the bad guy. But oddly enough, he doesn't play an actual, like Christopher Lee as the Red Skull seems like a no brainer. Oh um, yeah. But they were afraid to go that far in those seventies. Like Luke, like the Incredible Hulk movies in the TV series, like the Hulk never fights anyone who's not just like a mob boss or, yeah. you know, a, like a but ruffian. The, there's no, there's no super villain in any yeah, of them. There were the post uh, TV show Hulk movies. I think he did fight Thor at one point. Yeah. There's the Thor, his team up with Thor and then his team up with daredevil where he fights the kingpin um ah. and the he kingpin, fought Thor, though it was well, they the, fought, it was the, the classic superheroes fight and then realize they're yeah. on the same side i believe thor and that was backdoor. thor and that was Go played ahead. by vincent d'onofrio i believe no, he played thor in the adventures in babysitting movie. um well there's a blind spot for me uh, <laughs> which it's which is a weird event not to digress too far into adventures of babysitting but adventures of no, babysitting is a great movie there's the little girl in the movie for some reason is a huge thor fangirl and this is at yeah. a time where no one knew who the frick thor was outside mm -hmm. of comic book fans so yeah. it was such it was such a bold choice for the movie makers to be like yeah somehow this girl got a like a wall-sized poster of thor in her room in the 80s it's so a sure. huge thor fan and they get like the they get stuck in the city and they meet a mechanic and the mechanic is played by Vincent D'Onofrio and he has long blonde hair which is the weirdest thing in the world and of yeah. course he's a mechanic yeah. so he has like a giant like hammer uh, and the little girl thinks he's Thor and she calls him Thor uh, and she oh and she and she even has like a toy Mjolnir which is getting oh, yeah. like, Toys of that did not exist in 80. What kind of magical fantasy world does this movie <laughs> take place in where Thor is a household name superhero with merchandise in the 1980s? But anyway, like, there's a cute moment where she tries to give him her hammer. He's like, no, uh, no thanks, kid. I got one of my own. And we're like, oh, is he really? Th it's a whole, like, Santa Claus. Like, Which is weird, because really mechanics don't Santa have Claus? hammers, usually. Yeah, I guess if they're hammering I, out a... I'm like, what's wrong with this transmission? Well, you need to whack at it with a blunt object at times. Then you're I, fine. I mean, I've gone to mechanics, mechanics for a while, and hammers were not 
not not you. So yes, <laughs> they had they had the, their, the, the their Incredible program. Hulk Thor could not act his way out of a paper bag. It was embarrassing. He was um he's a he's a he's another one of those uh, that guy actors. He's in a ton of mm. stuff. Um, but I can't remember um anything off the top of my head. Sorry, my dog's barking in the background. I don't know why he's not being quiet. It looks like uh, the Rift Track guys did do one of the Hulk movies, uh, the Incredible Hulk oh, final round. Oh wow! Oh, like one of the Lou Ferrigno Hulk movies. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. The, the, the where did you say the title was? Incredible Hulk the final round. Final round. Would that be maybe that was an episode because uh, there was. I think, I think Death of the Incredible Hulk was the Death, last of, the, one. Death of the Incredible Hulk is the last one. Trial of the Incredible Hulk is the one with Daredevil because Daredevil is his defense attorney. Um, <laughs> it's a pilot. Sure. It looks like. And then I forget what the Thor one was because that was a different one. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There are, I, I believe there were three TV movies made after the uh, series ended. And uh, that's how, uh, that's how it ended. He dies. Bill Bigsby dies. He falls out of a helicopter and that kills the Hulk. Again, they were really afraid to do like superhero stuff, superhero yeah. shows in the 70s. And so the idea Hulk falls out of a helicopter and dies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's literally like a thing that the Hulk does for fun. I mean, literally like superheroes jump out of planes and helicopters all the time in the movies now. And it doesn't, Bucky is not super powered except for bionic arm, but he jumps out of a plane and he's fine. Spoiler yeah. for the second episode. Okay. I'll I get think into we now know he has super soldier serum just to go to the TV. Yeah. Room. Which yeah. was a fun, off-camera addition they made, I guess. Yeah, that that made not a lick of sense. You cannot jump out of a plane if you have a bionic arm. You know, yeah, <laughs> I I, I wish Myth, Mythbusters would just come back just to to bust the hell out of that one. Well, that was that such was a great a fun, show. Uh, yeah, it, it's a very good show. Oh, and sp- oh, and getting back to the '70s superhero movies, um, the Doctor Strange. TV oh movie, yeah, the villain was played by I'm sorry, I'm blanking on her name, but the mom from Arrested Development, who at the time of this recording just oh, unfortunately Jessica Walter. Jessica Walter? Yeah, she played the villain in the Doctor Strange TV movie. She played Morgan Le Fay. Um, She's good in everything. Wasn't there also a Nick Fury one where it was David Hasselhoff? David Hasselhoff. That was the... In the 1998, I think uh, I was in college. I remember I was so super hyped for that one, um, but my oh, TV yeah. wasn't working or whatever. Like, and I couldn't get the channel or something, so I had to watch it in one of my roommates' rooms. Yeah. And it was going to be like a whole thing where our floor kind of got together to watch it. And by like <laughs> 10 minutes in, everyone else had just walked out, and it's just me like being like, "No, it's going to get better. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. going to get better. I swear." And it, although Hasselhoff has the right look, like he looked like Nick Fury from. He looked like the old Jim Steranko. Yeah. Like, yeah, but. I mean, you can totally see why they formed Marvel Studios because, like, licensing characters just did not work out for Marvel. Yeah. It did not end well ever. Yeah. That was rough. But yeah, but hey, okay. plenty of fodder for MST3K and Deadpool. Rift tracks. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's yeah. move on. Let's go. Um, let's see here. Who should go? Let's let our new our new uh, panelist pop on. Robert, will you uh, will you pitch us your versus movie? I will. So um, I've put together two things that everyone knows way too well is one of them and the other I don't know how many people listening will know about this so the first one that we all know too well has caused the whole situation this past year um, which we'll just call the virus from hell for now mm-hmm. will be tackled by famed Mexican wrestler El Santo <laughs> <laughs> what we have here, famed Mexican wrestler El Santo is concerned. A nameless respiratory virus has shut down all public events, keeping his wrestler friends and the people who operate the venues out of work, causing extreme poverty and suffering throughout the whole land. Seeking the help of his fellow it. wrestler, Blue Demon, Santo puts on his scientist hat and the two work together to embiggen the virus in order to study it up close and personal. <laughs> An unattended side effect is that this newly enlarged virus draws all the viral cells throughout Mexico 
Mexico straight to it. In a loopy scene of pseudoscience, Santo explains that this works like the sun's gravitational pull with models and charts. <laughs> virus continues to attract other viral cells and eventually grows as big as a man in a suit before escaping the laboratory. Santo and Blue Demon chase it down, only to reveal who the virus was working for all along. The devil himself. <laughs> the whole thing culminates in the tag team wrestling match to end all tag team wrestling matches. Can El Santo and Blue Demon beat the combined might of Satan and his diabolical respiratory virus? Find out in El Santo contra el virus del infierno. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. I love it. I 100% believe I could I could see a clips of that movie on YouTube. Like someone would be like, you gotta check out this crazy El Santo movie. He fights the coronavirus. It's like, perfect because he's, he's defending the common man, which was always El Santo's thing. So perfect for being on brand for El Santo. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. I, re- I, I, I kind of thought for a half a second when you're like, when there's like, there's the villain behind the virus i thought it was gonna be vince mcmahon and i was like yes have <laughs> el santo take on it, vince mcmahon he is the devil uh, yeah i mean the, the devil of anything is back a little, to the people not quite as bad yeah <laughs> oh that's great because i mean i don't think i don't think the devil even the devil is a trump supporter that's that's all vince <laughs> Well, you know, he's he well. financially tied. Yeah. Oh boy, WWF man or WWE can't I can't I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Um, anyway, that I I love El Santo because I also can imagine what the coronavirus's luchador mask will look like. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Corona is crown. Is he gonna have a crown that El Santo takes from him at the culmination of the match? I would figure that crown. Uh, he would have. Yeah, the coronavirus would yeah. have to have a crown of some kind. Now, again, this virus is unnamed, but we all know what it is. Right. So, and uh, I love I that. It, El, well, I love that El Santo has a mask. Like, is what yeah. you need to defeat this, this virus. <laughs> maybe, maybe the coronavirus has a mask, and we take off the mask, and it's Satan. I don't know because that's <laughs> such a big thing—the unmasking. You know, I love El Santo wearing like he'll have his he'll have his luchador mask, and, but he'll also have like the 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 surgical mask over it. Oh, yeah, um, yes. I feel like I have him. seen some some <laughs> luchadors rock that look. Yeah, um, and stuff. And I'm just like, that's pretty good for them. That's yeah. a double. Scientists. They're yeah. all scientists. They have to when they're yeah. in the lab. I mean, that's the best part of those movies where they're just chilling at home, but they still have the mask on, you know? Yeah. I lived in Canada um, briefly. I'm in Texas now, and I lived in Canada briefly, and I went to a Halloween party as El Santo, um, which I just wore a mask and a suit and tie. No one got it. No one in Canada had ever heard of El Santo, but... <laughs> well, what, what kind of suit? I think we got to have polyester with the wide lapels, you know, the leisure suit. I had a, wi- I had a wide lapeled uh, blue pinstripe suit oh okay. shirt and black tie look. yeah yeah um <laughs> there's a this, this is only ten, like barely really there's a um a mexican series of like uh, exploitation movies called intrepidos punks intrepidos punks one and two the lead <laughs> bad guy in it was played by an actual like well-known luchador um so he he wouldn't reveal his face even in the movie where he's playing a different character so they just had so like this leader of this like anarchistic Satan worshiping uh punk gang just wears different masks with no explanation like throughout the movie in different scenes. Uh-huh. Um like one kind of looks like um one like tassels hanging down, one just kind of looks like a weird kind of like jock strap kind of thing. But it's just all these these series of weird masks, no explanation. We're not told he's a he's a wrestler, like also like a Satan cult punk leader. Yeah. But it just for some reason has a mask on in every scene. And it's, a, it's an interesting series of movies if you ever want to look into it. Yeah. The first one's way better. The second one is um, more like a slasher movie um, rather than um, huh. like Death, we- Death Wish meets Friday the 13th. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
But it's weird. The cop is the slasher in it. Like the hero cop from the first movie. I believe becomes, it. Becomes the slasher. What? I was about to say. Well, the punks, <laughs> like the punks do, the evil punks do the evil punk thing where they like kill like his family or whatever. So he goes for revenge. But it's not just like uh-huh. Death Wish style revenge. He's like setting traps and like hunting the punk and slowly murdering them. Uh, it's, is, was it's, it like a completely different writer, director, and everyone? Just one of those? I think it's a different, oh, what is it? I forget. Because um, we talked about it on, uh, the Grindbin podcast. We did both movies. Um, I can't remember. I want to say it's a di- it's a different director. It was like okay. a, a director because it's a couple years later, and it was a director who like really loved the first one. He's like, oh, I want to make a sequel to it, and I want to do this. Um, oh, that's in, interesting. Because I thought it was going to be the one where like the producers like, we need a sequel. Hey, kid, can you direct? Okay, it, I, it might have been something like that, but the kid was like, yeah, I want to direct a sequel to Interpretos Punk. Um, yeah, but it's weird because he it, didn't make a sequel as much as like a completely different genre. Yeah, it's know? a very it's a very tonally it's very different uh it has a lot of the same cast so i guess that the connective tissue but yeah. intrepidos punk al santo versus coronavirus what's good i i would love it to normalize luchadoras like start getting work in like tv but it's never met like you know there'll be a csi where like one of the lab guys has a mask nobody mentioned you know no mentions it <laughs> Or the, you know, the, 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 the aggravating DA who needs more evidence has a mask. Nobody mentions it, you know? <laughs> Just as kind of masks in general, I'm going to wonder how, cause it already feels weird watching things, even if things they were filmed before all this like watching some movies or in tv shows where you're like characters aren't wearing masks and i feel like oh, yeah like there's like an anxiety to it like why are yeah. these people don't, why are they at this birthday party yeah. um yeah but i wonder like once things kind of get back to normal like will we still see because i think this was really going to normalize people just wearing the face coverings like oh i think i might be getting a cold instead of you know just like going to work like normal like i'm gonna go to work but i'm gonna wear a mask like because yeah. we were all gonna have masks well the so only we'll, other option is sick leave so yeah yeah and so, Right. Would much rather people just wear masks. Can afford that. <laughs> yeah, what is well, Norway? Come on. <laughs> I know. Ho- hopefully, people understand like how disgusting we're in showing up to work, and it's like, oh, it's just uh, it's just allergies, and it's like, no, like a week later, three other people are sick, you know, yeah. and you, if you had used the sick time that you have, we would have been fine, you know, and hopefully, mm-hmm. people understand to be a little bit more respectful. Like, but if yeah. this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that people are not respectful. Like yeah. there are enough people who are disrespectful to ruin it for everybody else. Ruin so, it for everyone. Yeah. I don't know. At least not Thanks, like people will like, it'll be less <laughs> weird to see someone out with like a face covering. Yeah. Right. So you could see like in, in like, you could see scenes in movies where like there's there's a, all those people are just wearing like face masks in the background. Like is this supposed to be during the coronavirus time or like no like someone thought they might have a cold and they just wore a mask and everyone else was like oh you know you might have a cold I'll wear a mask. Um, no matter how much that will get normalized. Yeah. Alright yeah. so that was all I like El Santo versus the coronavirus or the unnamed virus. Uh, that sounds like an amazing action feature that I will uh, watch with subtitles on. Uh, and Sandra, why don't you hit us with your versus movie? All right. So here's my versus. It starts with the family going to a yard sale and two of the kids pick up some, some dolls and they bring them home. All is fine in this kind of typical family. And then all of a sudden these accidents start happening around the house. You know, uh, the mom is almost elected and, and figures out that you know the the wires have been messed with um the dad falls 
down the stairs and ends up in the hospital because there were um, some things strewn around the stairs that made him fall. And so now the dad's out, you know, out of the home. And now here's the mom and she's trying to deal with all of these accidents that happen. Um, and then eventually she becomes uh, bedridden from a, a broken hip. So she's in bed and the kids are trying to fend for themselves. Um, and then we come to discover that it is Annabelle and Chuck causing all of this shit and like blaming, trying to like pit the other kid against, against the other of like, it's your doll or you're doing it. You're, you're somehow doing it. Um, but it's like, no, you're somehow doing it. And so the kids are fighting. Um, but meanwhile, they don't know that it's Chucky and Annabelle just causing all kinds of havoc in the home. And so all of the things that we start to see happening were more and more things like pets are going missing. And, you know, of course, the parents are already injured and the kids are uh, fighting each other. And so we see this kind of unpacking with Annabelle and Chucky and the, the brother and sister fighting over that. Well, third act comes around and it ends up the baby. The baby has been the instigator the whole time because the baby has Lotso Hugging Bear and Lotso is orchestrating all of this crap and making Annabelle <laughs> and Chuck his puppets to do the absolute worst so the baby can end up with the parents attention and off with the big sister and that's my pitch. And I know that people are going to want Chucky and Annabelle because it's been like up and a big thing that people have been asked for and we're going to have a new Chucky and a new Annabelle so might as well mash them up together and to be extra ridiculous throw in lots because he's nasty. He's a terrible bear and he mm. uses his cuteness to get away with all kinds of violence. So that's my pitch. <laughs> so, so evil Toy Story. It's evil yeah. Toy Story. Honestly like of all the horror movies I watched growing up Child's Play over like Exorcist over kind of any other like sub, like typical horrifying horror film Child's Play scared the crap out of me because when you take something that's supposed to be innocent that and, and then it's evil that's scary versus like a serial killer okay they're supposed to be terrifying or this guy with the burned face he's supposed to be terrifying or some like demonic spirit in you know floating around they're supposed to be scary but a toy like not not the toy not the children <laughs> well, plus it's so it's about a kid who's telling the truth and isn't getting believed which is like the yep. worst when you're yes. a kid yeah oh yeah 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 and i i just want to see those dolls go toe-to-toe -to -toe. and like the grandparents could end up being the warrens and maybe the, they come into the picture and they figure out what's going on with annabelle and with chuck but all the while lotso is being completely ignored and nobody knows that it's lotso doing all of that I, I love it it's the classic horror thing of like the monsters have been vanquished we're all safe yeah and then no, lotso's in the back <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just a slow pan in on Lotso sitting innocently on the bed, and someone walks by, and his neutral face is now an evil smirk. Yes, yeah. he's he's got his. And then cane. it's just a smash cut to black. He's so weak <laughs> with his cane. Look at him. <laughs> I'm just an old bear. I know. What would I do? Just stuffing in here. <laughs> I smell good. Scratch me. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. Evil toys. They need to make more of a comeback. Okay. Now, would you imagine this? Because Lotso is is animated. Yeah. Would it be a live action Lotso? Yeah. It could be like, uh, what was it? Ted? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like All that. Right. yeah that, I mean, I would love to see that. Who do you think our main character is? I'm just curious. Of the of the three uh, toys? Or is it, the, is it the toys or is it the family? Oh, well, it's it's all the story that's unfolding because of the toy. Oh, okay. So the, the, the family is kind of superfluous. They're there, but but it's mainly about Chucky and Annabelle. And then the 
twist is that it's actually oh nice so we're sort of following them from the beginning as they're like manipulate like going head to head oh yeah yeah for sure it, it'll okay. be you know things are things are starting to happen the kids don't suspect the dolls of course they suspect each other and the parents are kind of out of the picture or maimed in some way where they can't help and so the children start you know fighting stuff but meanwhile the babe is maybe like a toddler yeah but some, somehow a rotten kid because they're manipulating everything lots of them and lots of all along yeah and then we get to find out like maybe in the next film why lots of was like that because we know that chucky and annabelle have like some sort of demon yeah. in them lots right? of so, beginning like, yeah lots of beginnings <laughs> the creation <laughs> it'll be lots of Chucky or uh, Mark what Hamill Chucky? Would this be Brad Dourif Chucky or yeah, Mark Hamill? Which version of Chucky? Um, Mark Hamill. Oh, cool. I because that the 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 newest uh, Child's Play, the remake, um, that Chucky had because he was AI based, so mm-hmm. like his evil came like there was a sympathy to his evil because he was programmed mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he he has a lot more kind of um, I don't know, just like you, you somehow even though he's like a vicious monster, um you somehow want him to get better or him to like somehow like oh, I want him to be a good toy can someone just reprogram him or can he learn um, not to stab people yeah. um, but then you know he takes over that department store nature versus nurture exactly exactly <laughs> All right. Now, I I did invoke a little bit of host privilege. I didn't come up with a full full pit for this. Um, but my idea, I had to like go back and like, what did I want to see when I was younger? And I know when I was a kid, when I was a, a young teen, what I really wanted to see is not necessarily like a versus, but like the team up movie. I really wanted to see Blues Brothers meet Wayne's World. Um, I don't know how <laughs> that would work or what really the story would be, but I really would have loved Blues Brothers meets Wayne's World. It's like they're both. You know, Wayne's World is all about music, but it was about like rock music. I think it could be like a weird voyage of discovery for for Wayne and Garth to learn to appreciate blues rock and like become fans of the roots blues of rock brothers. and roll. Yeah, and like try to throw on a, a Blues Brothers concert, but like the Blues Brothers have broken up or something, and they have to convince them to get back together um, to perform perform a show. But you know, we all know like you know that would be impossible to happen. Was impossible to happen pretty much after like 1982. Um, let's forget Blues Brothers. There's 2000 because that's yes, please that's forgotten. <laughs> um, like the heyday Wayne's World, I, I was such a Wayne's World kid. I used to love love uh, Dave Carvey and Michael Myers. You could do a Wayne's World teams up with the Festron. They're all still alive. With the who? The Festrunk brothers, the two wild and crazy guys. Oh, that's actually a really good combo. <laughs> yeah, I love those guys. <laughs> um, they did. Did they? Did they bring those characters back for like the fiftieth anniversary or the fortieth anniversary? They did. Special? They did. You know, and it's because it it's funny when they're still stuck in the swinging. You know, we're two wild, crazy swinging singles, despite the fact that like they're both in you know, pushing seventy. And it's yeah, yeah, which is great for it because you know Wayne's World, their midlife crisis could be like befriending the Festrunk brothers and going like. Oh my God! Is that us in thirty years? Yeah, they 20. could. They could. Where the um the brothers locked in the seventies, Wayne and Garth are locked in the nineties, and they're like, how pathetic to like be locked in to, like a, a style and way of life from decades ago, and then you know they realize that <laughs> they are also stuck. How I often we locked in a decade other than the nineties, which is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Well, then, like, then there can be other pairings, like even the uh, Night of the Roxbury guys, you know, and like, like, they all all meet at this club. Uh, remember yeah, Saturday Night Live? Yeah, we can oh, have uh, the NSL see you. If the Festerock <laughs> brothers work in TV and they can try to promise Wayne and Garth, 
a network show, but they don't actually have the power to do that. So just kind of leading them on this chase, trying to leech off their supposed youth because they're from the 90s, which is the future to them. They're young and hip and cool. Best of Brothers, (laughs) they could have control of like one of the few like UHF stations that are left. Now it's a UHF crossover. Uh Could we have the Mackenzie brothers come back too? Oh, oh my god! Yes. I also so I did think for a second I was like it'd be fun to see Saturday Night Live versus uh, SCTV. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Like the best of characters, but you know, mm. especially yeah. since Eugene Levy, a bit of a bind, but okay. Yeah, uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara are having a resurgence, like yet another resurgence. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You get that greenlit. All right, that brings us to the middle of the show, where that means producer Tyler, are you with us? Yo, what's up? This is this is <laughs> producer Tyler, also uh, you know, also known as uh, Benny Factor. Uh, yeah, producer Benny Factor. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> Pretty good. What do you hey, what do you got for us? I I just got off the phone with Warner Brothers, and I don't know if you guys know this, but Space Jam Two is coming out, and <laughs> you know what kids love more than anything? Craft beer. So we need a we need a beer that culminates and helps us promote Space Jam New Legacy. So loggers, porters, stouts, hefts, I don't care what it is. We need a Looney Tunes Space Jam beer. Good luck. Oh, all right. Looney Tunes Space... I was thinking a team-up beer thing. I was thinking just team up Sam Adams with Hamilton and boom, but uh, no. Uh, okay, so Space Jam beer. A Space Jam themed beer. We have this. Okay. Yeah. All right, here have we go. This. We're going to give... Uh, I, I can go first. I'm going to take the obvious one while, while our panelists have a moment to oh, think. Oh, yes, the obvious one. Obvious one. Uh, okay, so what, you know, beer, a craft beer. Uh, you know, we got a lot of hop. Hops makes me think of, of rabbits, which makes me think of Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny hops. Hops kind of sounds like hoops. Bugs Bunny hoops. Space Jam the beer. Bugs Bunny hop. Oop. Mm-hmm. Space Jam beer. Coming to a sports bar near you. All right, does anyone else have one? I have one. I have one. All okay. right, go for it. I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as you with Bugs Bunny. I'm from Texas. We have a beloved craft beer, Shiner Bach. What we're doing is Box Bunny. Shiner Box Bunny. I almost over my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay. Okay. A Shiner Box Uh, Space Jam branded beer called Box Bunny. Ah, okay. All right. I have one. I'm going to go a little different direction. But, you know, Pepe Le Pew. (laughs) What we need is a non-alcoholic beer. And you're drinking with a Pepe Le Pew type who's like a little iffy on consent, so you need your wits about you. So a Pepe Le Pew, no means no, non-alcoholic beer. No. That would be mine. Oh my god, <laughs> y'all are good. <laughs> Is this, you know, they do say sometimes like it's a very kind of skunky beer. So I feel like yeah, that's on yeah. that's on theme. There we go. Oh, yeah. All right, Sandra, you're gonna finish us out strong. Like sports things, which I have no clue about. Oh my god. Okay, I was thinking. Okay. Um, I don't even know. Um. All right. Uh. <laughs> oh, I got another one. I got another one. I mean, do you want to go ahead? I'll go again. Like... I'll give you some more time to think, Sandra. Okay. So we've been focusing on the cartoon character aspect we haven't even mentioned this the actual human star of the movie i'm gonna go i'm pitching here LeBru james craft brew <laughs> craft i want to do some LeBru james yeah all right sandra that was enough time you should be ready to go <laughs> if speedy gonzalez you can do like speedy gonzalez lager is, is it because i'm mexican tyler oh my no. god no that's not at all oh, no i'm just joking okay good oh god Ha 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 ha!
<laughs> I, but but oddly enough, I was thinking of Petey Gonzalez. And I'm like, how do I tie that in? To Sandra, like, come on. No, I was thinking. But um, you know what? Um, okay, so uh, my mom used to call me this, this character when I was a kid. Just like very <laughs> ego boosting. Um, she's always said that my hair... Um, that I look because of my hair, I look like Witch Hazel from Looney. You know the witch with like yep. the bobby pins oh. flying everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So maybe like a witch hazelnut beer, like that yeah. flavor beer, a, a stout. And, yeah. Yeah. Some sort of stout. I love a good That's dark it. beer. Yeah. Witch hazelnut beer. I don't even like dark beer, but you know what? This is to like make my mom feel ashamed for the names that she called me growing up. Mm, ashamed ashamed I, beer. I, yeah. I'm thanks, mom. Because of you. <laughs> So, witch hazelnut beer. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Okay, so okay. wait, can producers, I can I, go can I have a pitch? Can I this one, sure. All right, yes. producer's ahead. privilege. Okay, so my pitch is the porter. And yep. Thank you, thank you, producer Benny Factor. Take those to WB and let them know that our check. We will expect our check in the mail. That's absolutely. All right, this brings us to our th- our third and final pitch. All right, we task our panelists with pitching a giant monster movie. Dude, Kaiju, dun, dun, sure. Dun. Um, radioactive Ant, sure. Clifford the Big Red Dog, sure. But let's <laughs> see, what do we got here? Um, Sandra, why don't you start us out with our giant monster movie? All right, so like every giant monster movie, it starts off in the lab. So we're in the lab, and we have... Um, a scientist who's trying to create the perfect breed of dog, the perfect size and just, you know, hypoallergenic and all that stuff. Well, something goes haywire and he creates a giant shit. Giant. <laughs> it is, it is the size of, I don't even know. It's massive. It's like stories high. Um, so this dog is freaking adorable, which lets it get away with heinous, heinous acts. I mean, imagine a pup and how untrained they are. So people are drowning in rivers of piss. They're getting buried <laughs> under, you know, shit avalanches. No um, squirrel is safe. No squirrel is safe. I mean, for Forget a squirrel. They couldn't even see a squirrel. They're just munching on wires. So like massive blackouts everywhere. People are without power, you know, destroying buildings because they're biting on everything. Like it's a remote control, just destroying everything. And then who wants to kill a pup, you know? Like nobody wants to do that. We're powerless. We're powerless. We see their little toe beans. Well, giant toe beans just coming, coming down on us. And we're like, we accept it. We accept our fate, you know? And, and the only thing that can really defeat it, love. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Not a shock caller. (laughs) They don't have to build like a giant spray bottle. A giant, a giant pee pad, maybe. Some treat. They decide (laughs) to like find a way to enlarge. Um, Who's that? uh, Who's that trainer? Uh, Caesar. Caesar Milan. Yeah, Caesar Milan. Yes. Yeah. Caesar Milan, like a giant Caesar Milan to train him. It'd be better if he were small still, like regular size Caesar Milan. And he's, but he's, he's like, like, well, no, no, no. I think what we need is Mecca Caesar Milan. Mecca Caesar Milan. That's great. Yes. I love it. He needs yeah. a Mecca. How cute, how cute would it be though? Like to see the dog <laughs> destroying everything. You can't even get mad at it. Like no one's going to get a newspaper and like, I don't recommend that anyway, but you know, it's going to, it's going to get, get, um, get away with tons of destruction before yeah. anyone even comes up with the plan yeah just and like real so, puppy yeah just like real puppy nobody's sleeping at night crying wailing into the night yep. <laughs> what do we call giant it puppy. 
Dogzilla, Pepito, oh. the big I, shit. Yeah. I think it needs to be. I think it needs to be like <laughs> Fluffykin or something that's just cute. Yeah, like it's just cute. Or it could be, you know, you're supposed to always go with your first dog name. So Spark. Ah, well, yeah, all Sparky. the electricity shorts he's getting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sparky raids again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this time we're in deep shit. <laughs> That's on the poster. That goes yeah. on the poster. Nice. Okay. All right. Giant puppies. Everyone loves them. All right, Robert, you want to hit us with your with your giant monster movie? So my pitch for a giant monster movie. Well, why stop it with one giant monster when you can have an entire army of bug monsters from underground? Let me explain. In 1973, inventor Goro Ibuki created a robot for some reason named Jet Jaguar who assisted Godzilla in beating back the Cetopian invasion led by their monster, Megalon. After this, years went by, and Jet Jaguar was never heard from again. The year is now 1999, and 30-something-year-old slacker Tomiyuki Ito, or Tomi for short, spent most of his late 20s in the U.S. as a college dropout. Now married to a brilliant, multidisciplined American-born scientist named Antonia, or Tony, the two have a five-year-old son named Toby. The whole family returns to Japan for his wife's new research position at a small university. While moving into their new home, Tommy and Toby discover Jet Jaguar in a secret sub-basement. That's right, they've moved into Goro Ibuki's Cubist Nightmare House. After figuring out how to use the robot as essentially a giant remote-controlled car for Toby... The two take it around town and get into hijinks while Tony is at work, and slowly uh, she's uncovering a conspiracy through her research that may spell doom for mankind. One day, a man-sized bug attacks a grocery store while the Itos just happen to be there, and Toby commands Jack Jaguar to beat it up. By saving the store from the bug, Tommy and Toby have accidentally redeclared war on Seatopia. Now they have to discover new abilities in their friend Jet Jaguar, as he once again takes over his own programming to help his new family fight an ever-increasing array of bigger and badder bug monsters. Along the way, Tommy matures into his role as a husband and father, Tony learns to be less trusting of institutions, and Toby makes some friends in his new hometown as the Ito family fights side-by-side with Jet Jaguar against a stream of insectoid goliaths, culminating in Jet Jaguar's old nemesis, Megalon. Can the newly formed bond of this strange little family overcome the might of the ancient undersea empire of Seatopia? Is Jet Jaguar strong enough to face his old enemy alone? Find out when you watch The New Adventures of Jet Jaguar in theaters June 2023. Hey everybody, this is Future Mike. You might have noticed it was very quiet while Robert was pitching his giant monster movie idea. That's because unfortunately he lost connectivity with the recording and we lost him completely. So he recorded it on his own and sent me his recording and I've inserted it seamlessly into this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Now back to the show. That's also why you don't hear him really talk anymore through the episode. 
Okay. Uh, and do your pitch. Absolutely. It was it was another tough one because it's so hard to think of a twist. Giant movies, monsters, what do you want? You want something giant crushing stuff. How do you do that and have some fun? But, you know, there's those figures in, in a culture that also loom large, Say I say, dare we say gigantic. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, near the end of World War II... Uh, Hitler had this obsession with the occult. And so maybe he figures out how to create giant embodiments of Germany's cultural unconscious. So we have a band of scrappy GIs who have to contend with Ubermen, a 500 foot tall white supremacist dedicated to separating the mixed races of the allied forces from being a and our scrappy GIs can try mightily, but Ubermensch is unstoppable because he's magic. Artillery bounces off him. He swats away bombers like flies. If he continues on this course and can swim across the English Channel, he can crush Allied command and win the war for the Nazis. Not good. So our ragtag group of soldiers uh, have to sneak behind enemy lines and launch a desperate attack to infiltrate the Nazi occult headquarters in a suitably spooky castle to find out the secret of how to create giants from their national touchstone. They succeed and manage to create a giant Abe Lincoln and a giant George Washington. The Nazis retaliate by creating their own giant Hitler. The four battle in occupied Paris. Lincoln is injured and Washington is killed when he's stabbed through the heart by the Eiffel Tower, leaving Ubermensch and giant Hitler free to swim across the channel and destroy London. GIs are shocked. How could the two most beloved figures from American history fail? Well, then there's this one African-American GI in the back who points out that, you know, I know you guys love Washington. And hey, we like Washington, but our view of him is a little more ambivalent. You know, he wasn't great to all America. And we tried to tell you this, but you know, this is back in the 1940s and there was a limit to what the well-meaning white soldiers were willing to hear. But now they're desperate and they're willing to hear. And the black GIs point out that to the allied forces that, you know... (laughs) We have in our history have, we've been strongest when we've come together, you know, and there have been, uh, how should I, but there, there have been times where like black and whites were able to fight together and they were stronger together. And why not reflect that? Plus, you know, there was also someone else much revered from history who helped Lincoln. Let's have him help again. So we have a climactic battle royale where Ubermensch and giant Hitler are trying to destroy London, but they are stopped by Abe Lincoln and his old ally, giant Frederick Douglass. And just like in history, they find common ground and work together for toward a common goal this time kicking the nazis ass so they save the day and the allied forces have learned an important lesson about representation and listening to everybody so we think the movie's over but not quite because we have an after credit sequence where we learn soviet spies have smuggled hitler's occult secrets out of germany and now stalin is using them to create a gigantic karl marx with impenetrable beard armor cut to black history really came alive in that one yeah <laughs> indeed i like Hello. it okay so i assume like Live action? Yes, of course. I'm not sure. Like, do you have a giant Abe Lincoln suit, or do you maybe just have somebody dressed up as Abe Lincoln? You know, traipsing around Paris and uh, and London. I think you do it all with miniatures. Yes, and uh, forced perspective. Yes, um, and uh, I. Do we I mean, have problem. superpowers other than like the enhanced invulnerability or well, is like Abe Lincoln shooting beard rays? I'm assuming Abe Lincoln can throw his stovepipe hat like Blofeld and Goldfinger. Uh, George <laughs> Washington probably has the axe that got down the cherry tree. Uh, Frederick and Douglass, we all know of course, Abraham just Lincoln. has the brilliance of his mind. But, you know, that can be. Yeah. And I Abraham assume Lincoln was oh, a accomplished wrestler. Like, uh, so we know he's a, oh, he's yeah, a good that's right. fighter. Yeah. I'm assuming also giant Hitler has the, the, the swastika throw stars. God. I'm not sure what Ubermensch has other than like his assumption of superiority, you know. That's Which, good. They, if you're white and male, it can take you pretty far in this world. I hate to Strikingly say Strikingly blue eyes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, gosh. His power of special gaslighting. What are you talking about? I didn't attack London. You didn't? No. No, it's you're crazy. Yeah. So a a swastika shirkin like that. Yep. Weird. Okay, well, I am going to riff because I also did, invoked host privilege and didn't really come up with one. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna riff on a giant monster movie. Okay, so I love um, giant monster movies, uh, all all shapes and sizes, cheesy fifty ones, the modern. Giant Monsters Pacific Rim is is fine. Did not see the sequel. Um, but I like the new Godzilla movies. I like the new Kong movie. I want to go a little bit more into the realm of the, the 50s with the atomic age uh, causing things to grow. Um, so I like the idea of a giant, not necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily call him a monster, but I like the idea of a, like a plant that gets irradiated and just keep growing. But like, cause I would like it a little cheesy. Let's make it something like a, a like a broccoli plant, uh, like a broccoli plant just like grows. And <laughs> oh, grows and, grows. and everything just smells like fart. Like, and, oh. or, yeah. And it's just like, oh, and like kids hate it. So it's a monster. Yeah, we could kill it, but we have to eat a lot of broccoli, which nobody yeah, wants like, to do. It's one of those things where like we could solve world hunger, but no one wants to eat that much broccoli. Yeah. Uh, so this may lose more like a kids high. movie. Uh, let's go with like a kids movie, um, like uh, Netflix original kids movie starring you know someone from Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> one of them, one of the kids. Uh, it's a giant broccoli that's growing and slowly like taking over things. It's kind of actually destructive. Like it grows in such a way that, like it can't push through a building and knock it over. Uh, yeah. And the solution is just to eat broccoli, but no one wants to eat that much broccoli. Uh, so they have to find like maybe there's like a uh, way they they fight it is they get those like championship eaters uh, like the like the eating <laughs> competition guys and they make it like a competition like listen if you guys eat this giant broccoli you'll each get a million dollars and so like it's just like these people sitting at tables like chopping off pieces of broccoli and like and like <laughs> soaking in water and slugging it down with like yeah. cute buckets um, that's what I'm going for giant broccoli destroying the world okay I mean, I would guy, lo- go ahead I don't know because I would love if there was the one vegan hippie collective that's like, yeah, we love broccoli, but first you got to socialize medicine, guys. You know, we get we'll do like or, or, or put through the Voting Rights Act. It's alternative history. We'll eat the broccoli, but you have to put through the Voting Rights Act ten years too early. I don't know. I'm just riffing here, but it, it makes me think of um in Creepshow the the, oh, the story boss. with yes, it's the the lone, uh, I looked yeah. it up the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill, and it's with Stephen King, who I absolutely love, and you've yeah. got like the meteor that he touches it because he's an idiot. And then, yeah. like, you know, he just starts getting moss all over him. And then, like, at the end, he's covered in moss. So, like, maybe we don't actually solve this problem and eat all the broccoli. Maybe just let the earth heal itself. And uh, we just succumb to our broccoli overlords. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also thinking, just, because we're doing verses. this sets up the perfect sequel, Broccoli Monster versus Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, oh I love Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, so yeah. I, I love every iteration. Huh? So good. Classic. Yeah, so with the broccoli bee sentient? I mean... Maybe, oh. maybe the bigger it grows, like the more it starts to show like intelligence. Yeah, It uh, learns to love. <laughs> well, I love, I love there'll be the love. awkward conversation. Wait, you don't like to eat meat? It's like, no, no, we, we, we like you. 
kind of like, no, you don't like me. You hate broccoli. I'm destroying Cincinnati. You know? Yeah. You just buy me just to throw me away. Yeah. <laughs> you never eat my stems. There's good well, yeah, flavor well, in yeah, there. Pizza. So. That doesn't count. Should it be like, like versus it, it, it's fighting another vegetable that we continue to buy and throw away like cumbers or oh, lettuce? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, just... you could do, you could do the classic like bro- uh, broccoli versus cauliflower. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like they're very similar, but like. I, but I feel like cauliflower has gotten a little too conceited. It's like I'm rice now, which is like yeah, it's yeah. Could be rice. You yeah. can chop me now, and man. roast me. Like I could steak. be mashed potatoes. That's right. <laughs> it's got sunglasses on now. Yeah, he could also be versus like some junk food, like Twinkies, and like oh. you know the broccoli's like I just want to live in peace, and Twinkies like I want to kill all of you, but we all side <laughs> with Twinkies because he just tastes better. <laughs> Sorry, broccoli. Twinkies yeah. just he's gonna kill better. us, but he's got I'm a kill you belly. though. Twinkies last a lot longer, too, so... Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) And that marks the end of episode 20 of Burn After Pitching. I want to thank everyone who was on this episode. Uh, Let's give everyone a moment to plug themselves. Sandra, plug away. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Hey, It's Sandra D, uh, which is pretty easy. I've changed it now, so you can find me better without keying in an underscore. And you can also find the Story Geeks on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the Story Geek, and you can find us on YouTube every week. We do a weekly hangout just talking about whatever whatever we feel like talking about. You know, WandaVision, uh, Snyder Cut, whatever. So just look at <laughs> the Story Geeks on YouTube. All right, Andy. Uh, as always, I put all my stuff on uh, andynordvall.com. You can find links to my web comics, my books, and my various social media things. All right, and I'm Michael Tanner. You can visit me on my website, buymichaeltanner.com, where you can check out my uh, blogs, short stories, web store, all that stuff. And you can find me at Twitter at at Mike is Ernie. Going to uh, plug a little bit for Robert here who was on this episode, but it seems to have lost connection and we can't hear him. Robert, can we hear you? No. Nope. Doesn't sound like we can't. He was on for a second and it had that it was muted. Huh. All right. Well, you can listen to Robert's podcast, Record All Monsters, where all fine podcasts are fine. Our podcasts are found. It is a podcast dedicated to giant monsters. It's a fun show. Please check it out. Record All Monsters. Uh, this has been Burn After Pitching. We're uh, proud to be a part of the Grand Geek Gathering Network, where you can visit grandgeekgathering.net. I think that's the website. Uh, it was looking for <laughs> confirmation from Tyler. It's okay. Dot com, grandgeekgathering.com for more information about all of our uh, all of our shows, read articles about pop culture, and any upcoming convention appearances. There's appearances for a while, guys. Sorry. Uh, maybe Thanksgiving. <laughs> maybe Thanksgiving. Thank you, who knows? Uh, anywho, <laughs> our outro, our intro and outro music was by Carlisle Laurent. And again, thank you for listening. And don't forget to GGG. Burn, burn, burn after pitching